God told me this movie will write itself Spread love, be wise and let foolery fight itself Cause it's a war going on outside On the corner, it's a war On your TV screen every morning Not the war with the bombs and the helicopters swarming But the war for your soul That's what everyone's ignoring It's a war going on Yeah, it's a war going on Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is July 28, 2021. This is going to be episode 75. It's going to be called Zero Dark Thirty. Comms are going black. Hope you all had a great day. Now, I know on, uh, what, on Wednesday, excuse me, on Tuesday, the weather was actually pretty nice. Uh, the wind was blowing a lot, and it was about... It was about 85, 90, it was about 90, 93 degrees. And uh, I don't care how, how hot it is. If the wind is blowing like it is today, I don't care how hot it is. I can deal with that all summer, okay? So uh, I don't really have too much here uh, in the beginning, uh, the little foreword for my episode today. So let's go ahead and get into our stuff here. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at the economy here. First, I want to talk about uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. She says a couple things here. So she goes on. She has a uh, a part in a hearing in Congress that was called Cryptocurrencies, What Are They Good For? And here's one of the things that Elizabeth Warren said about uh, cryptocurrency. She said um, she was pretty much slandering the Bitcoin developers and calling them a shadowy group of super coders. Now, she says, quote, so they have the capacity to manipulate the system. This, to me, sounds like a lousy trade-off. Instead of leaving our financial system at the whims of giant banks, crypto puts the system at the whims of some shadowy, faceless group of super coders and miners, which doesn't sound better to me. Now, we can see uh, people that are part of the enemy going ahead and they're, they're, they don't want cryptocurrency, okay? And we know why, because they want to push us into their system, into their new system. You know, we're already in the central bank system now. They want us looking at their central bank digital currencies, as you all know. And I actually have an article here from CNBC that talked uh, more Elizabeth uh, Warren. She was actually pressing Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on this stuff. So CNBC says that Senator Elizabeth Warren urged uh, Janet Yellen on Tuesday to identify and remedy risk posed by cryptocurrencies and to craft a comprehensive and coordinated framework through which federal agencies can continually regulate virtual coins. Now you see the regulation that they want to push there. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is a member of the Senate Banking Committee and a longtime critic of the nation's largest banks, pressed the Treasury Secretary to use her powers on the Financial Stability Oversight Council to bring about a safer crypto market. So, yeah, so Elizabeth Warren, to her credit, she is a uh, opponent of the big, big banks. She's been very, very critical of them. But notice how she is has never been critical of the biggest bank in America, which is the Federal Reserve, okay? Because she wants us to regulate cryptocurrency, and she wants the Federal Reserve to create a central bank digital currency, right? She says FSOC, which is the Financial Stability Oversight Council, must act quickly to use its statutory authority to address cryptocurrencies' risk and regulate the market to ensure the safety and stability of consumers and our financial system. She wrote that in a letter to uh, Secretary uh, Janet Yellen. She also says... Quote, as the demand for cryptocurrencies continues to grow and these assets become more embedded in our financial system, consumers, the environment, and our financial system are under growing threats, she added. Now, Elizabeth Warren actually cited five risks that are uh, posed by an under-regulated crypto market. In her words, this is what she says. So, number one, 
exposure to hedge funds and other investment vehicles that lack transparency. Number two, risks to banks. Uh, you know, because if you have a crypto wallet, you pretty much won't need a bank anymore. And uh, number three, unique threats posed by stable coins. Number four, use in cyber attacks that can disrupt the financial system. Now, we know that the U.S. dollar is actually used at a higher rate for crime than Bitcoin is. Uh, and number five, risks from decentralized finance. Okay, so there it is. Number five, risks from decentralized finance. So they don't want decentralized finance. They want it concentrated in one area so that they can control it all. Think about it like this. The all those is kind of a different type of topic, but it's an example. In our country, the power, our founding fathers made it so that the power was not concentrated in the federal government, right? So the states pretty much created the federal government and the power is concentrated among the 50 states, right? And that's been one of the long uh, battles in the history of our uh, republic. It's been the states' rights versus the federal government. I told you before, I'm a states' rights guy because things that if the states have more power, the people will be freer because people have the decision in their own state to regulate things in a different manner because something that's illegal in California will not be illegal in Texas and vice versa, things like that. And uh, you also have cities and counties where in which people differ instead of somebody trying to lead from the top down in Washington, D.C., trying to make laws for somebody that's 3,000 miles away in California or uh, about 4,000 miles away, you know, in Hawaii or something like that. I, you know, people don't really like that. That's kind of what the European Union has. And that's why that's one of the reasons that people are unhappy with the European Union, because you had people in Brussels making um, rules for people all the way in Spain or Italy or, you know, Turkey, I think not Turkey, but, you know, other places in Poland and France and things like that. But things that people in Brussels uh, or in this case, people in Washington, D.C. have no idea how people live in California and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Texas. They just have no idea. And it's the same thing with uh, currency here. Uh, the people the people will be freer if they can actually have a decentralized currency that's not controlled by one entity and uh, it won't be used as leverage over people's lives because take a look at it you know take a look um, if you have a decentralized currency you don't have things like the Federal Reserve going on and printing more and more and more money deflating the dollar even more and making it harder for people to purchase things, people losing purchasing power. Uh, I think, don't quote me on this, but the United States dollar loses about, what, 13% of its value or 15% of its value every every single year. And it's because we have the Federal Reserve printing more and more money. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine uh, you know, at work one day, not today, but another day I was talking to him at work. And he was saying that uh, he he was always pushing for like reparations and for Native Americans, reparations for blacks and things like that. I told my my continued response was that we need to get rid of the Federal Reserve so that people aren't sitting here living in poverty and people have the purchasing power to buy the things that they want and need. Because you have to remember, and uh, before the United States was a country and you had the 13 colonies, the United States excuse me, the 13 colonies were pretty much creating their own currency and unemployment was less than 1%. And they had like no homeless on the streets. And so when Benjamin, so what had happened was the king in, uh, in England, he they wanted to regulate the United States and pretty much use the United States, there were all the colonies as a piggy bank. And so they tried to force a 
central bank system upon the United States where they'd go into pretty much Britain's system and they'd be pretty much paying taxes and paying into the central bank system that's that was already active in England, right? And so when Benjamin Franklin went over to talk to the British Parliament about their decision and how they tried to regulate the colony's financial system, and one thing that Benjamin Franklin actually realized was that the amount of homelessness on the streets of Great Britain in that time because in the 13 colonies there was almost no homelessness and almost no unemployment. There was no inflation because they were able to regulate themselves with uh, currency-wise. Same concept here. If you don't have people who are, you know, if you if you if you can control the country's financial system, or let's say it like this, if you cannot control a country's financial system, you can't make people poor. You can't put people out of work because these people will have the means to get whatever they need to get because you won't have people hoarding and hogging the money and having things like 2008 where people were losing their jobs. And even now uh, we have like a coronavirus pandemic and things like that where you're able to just tell people they can't work. It's because you control the money. You're telling them, oh, we'll just give you more money if you just stay home. In a in a system where the currency is decentralized, you can't do that because the currency is coming from places other than the top, you know. And so you can't force people out of work and tell them, oh, you can't make money. People have the freedom to make their own money and work their own jobs, and you can't control them. That's why the enemy, people like Elizabeth Warren, don't want this. Now, I was actually looking at Reddit, and Reddit, a person on Reddit actually commented on the story about Elizabeth Warren's letter when she talks about decentralized finance. The person here says, risk of decentralized finance are you actually serious our government has done nothing other than devalue our currency and take on trillions of dollars of debt and she's saying decentralized finance poses the risk the only risk it poses is to the government weasels who think printing money will solve all of our problems it's just further proof of the need for bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general to take over this person gets it and so we saw countries like Paraguay and El Salvador making cryptocurrency and Bitcoin a legal tender. And so look, if you look at Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan actually expanded its Bitcoin mining to global the global market. And it actually they're actually enabling users to open bank accounts for cryptocurrency. All right. And so let's go ahead and move on. So I have something here from, uh, you know, Gavin Newsom. Uh, townhall.com tweets this out. Okay, so Gavin Newsom's pretty much demonizing the unvaccinated. Uh, he's saying he's actually trying to blame those who are unvaccinated for the surge in Delta variant cases in the state. And he's saying, quote, we don't have, excuse me, we don't even have to have that debate. If we can just get everyone vaccinated, that's not vaccinated. It's like drunk drivers, he said. You don't have the right to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life. All right, so we know he is a dumb guy, so let's go ahead and break this down. Okay, so not getting vaccinated is actually not against the law. Drunk driving is against the law, okay? So the thing is that if you actually believe in vaccination, why are you worried about people who did not get vaccinated, okay? If you're worried about them, you probably don't think that the vaccines work deep down, okay? And the government actually does not have a right to demand that you get vaccinated, and you have to be twisted if you're going to compare people who are deliberately breaking the law to those who are making a medical decision for themselves. Okay, uh, Gavin Newsom didn't uh, didn't he didn't leave it there. Okay, he he went on and called people murderous. Okay, 
So Marjorie Taylor Greene actually uh, tweeted at Gavin Newsom. She said, Gavin Newsom, you know what is exhausting to the people of California? Your communist dictatorship. Shutting down businesses, closing churches, schools, and beaches is disgraceful. Mandating vaccines against people's will is, uncon is unconscionable which is why you're being recalled. Now, Gavin Newsom goes on and quotes the tweet. He says, disgraceful. Here's a word, murderous. Your anti-vaccine anti lies are literally killing Americans. Your own supporters are falling you off of a cliff and into the ICU. Come clean about vaccines. They save lives. Well, I would refute that by saying that I have a family member who was put into the ICU after he took the first dose of the COVID vaccine. Okay? He was put into the into the IC, ICU because of the vaccine, not because he didn't take the vaccine. Remember, there are 10 stages of genocide. I'm going to read the first three. Number one is classification, meaning that people are divided into us and them. Number two, symbolization, meaning that people are forced to identify themselves. Number three, discrimination. People begin to face systemic, excuse me, systematic discrimination, right? And number four, actually, I'll read the fourth one, dehumanization. People are equated with animals, vermin, or diseases. So I would say that we are at in between three and four there because, you know, people like Gavin Newsom are saying that we're killing people. We're murderous uh, and things like that. But uh, Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't just uh, take that from Gavin Nutjob. She went and shot back at the guy. She went ahead and uh, tweeted uh, after Gavin Newsom called her murderous. She went, and went ahead and tweeted. She says, you're one to talk, Gavin. Your murderous actions as governor of California literally killed people. Paying $1,000 a day to nursing homes to house COVID-19 patients with the most vulnerable people. Killing people's parents and grandparents. You're a monster. Whoa. Way to go. Good, I, good job, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Good job, because I concur. And, of course, the nut job governor himself, he didn't say nothing. He didn't say anything after that, because he, 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 he took an L. All right, so... We're seeing that, I'm pretty sure you've seen it on the news and things like that. Well, the CDC is actually now recommending uh, people wear masks indoors regardless of their vaccine status. And this it always begs the question, why in the world would, do we need to get vaccinated if we still have to wear a mask anyway? Because didn't they tell us that, didn't Joe, wasn't Joe Biden up there saying that if you don't want to wear a mask, go ahead and get vaccinated? Now, why does this matter? Okay, so any business that follows the cdc's recommendations will is probably going to require masks again and ron DeSantis of florida he actually pushed back against the cdc mask uh, recommendation he actually blasted the cdc for the k-12 mask recommendation he says it's not based in science now florida governor ron DeSantis, he actually you know went back on uh excuse me he actually um pretty much rebuked the cdc's new recommendation that all children uh regardless of vaccination status be required to wear masks uh, when they return to school in the fall. Now, the mayor of, you know, I'm a city employee for the city of Sacramento. The uh, clown mayor of Sacramento, his name is Daryl Steinberg. I call him Ronald McDonald because he is a clown. Now, Ronald McDonald got on the news today. You know, um, a lot of people didn't see it because he had just said it as soon as uh, I heard it on the radio. When I was at work, I was in the car at work listening to the radio. And he was pretty much, uh, Ronald McDonald was pretty much saying that uh, they're going to require city employees to get the vaccine or be tested frequently. After I already told you that the state uh, is going to pretty much require the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, bring it, baby. <laughs> bring it. You know, I'm ready. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I'm ready. 
Uh, I just, you know, tell people, hey, like I told you folks before, if they try to crack down on that at my job, I guess I'm going on vacation. Okay, I'm going to take a long, I'm going to take a long vacation, and if I have to do that, I'm I'm putting out something every single day. Okay, I'm telling you, every single day, if if they require those the, the uh, vaccine at my job, I'm going to be out here every single day putting something out for you every single day. It's probably going to be an hour long. Okay, it's probably going to be 45 to an hour long. I usually do 30 to 45 on these, but I was gonna, I'm going to go freestyling. I'm going to go 45 to an hour every single day, at Monday through, excuse me, Sunday through Monday, every single day. I'm going hard if that happens. So uh, that'll be, uh, I think, I think you folks would like that. Yeah, if that happens, I'm guess you're gonna, you're gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go unleashed. You're gonna be like Will unleashed. Okay. Now, if the vaccine actually worked, it really wouldn't matter how many unvaccinated people you came into contact with. And we're seeing from Tommy Robinson news on Telegram. Uh, Tommy Robinson saying that over half of the COVID hospitalizations tested positive after admission, right? And the leaked data suggests vast numbers are being classified as being hospitalized by, by the virus when they were admitted with other ailments. And it's you know pretty much all starting to come out now. And also on a quick side note, we're seeing that 41% of workers globally are considering quitting their job. This comes from the worldeconomicforum.org. And part of it is because people are pretty much getting paid to stay home. And then you can couple that with the government, you know, pushing the fear of the, you know, COVID vaccines, telling people stay home, don't go to work, you're going to die. So we're going to pay you. We're just going to pay you to keep you safe. And that is uh, the epitome of paternalism uh, there from the World Economic Forum and governments around the world. All right. So when I was scouring through the Internet, I found something. Uh, this person talked about how uh, this person's in uh, New Jersey. They talked about this is for people who. Uh, are getting peer pressured to get the vaccine by their employer or their school. I'm going to read it for you. Here is what it says. Okay, so it says, I made it clear that through my lawyer, I would begin to demand the status of all other employees' health conditions in regards to other forms of communicable diseases. Me and my lawyer would be demanding information on other employees with AIDS, hepatitis, flu, STDs, measles, mumps, and so on. My lawyer had already had the papers drawn up so I could serve him the first day he tried it, meaning my employee, I mean, my, my, serving the employer the first day that they tried it, and part of the suit would be to force the company to make immediate policies to section off employees who had any illness they could spread, including the common cold. If they were going to take responsibility in stopping the spread of COVID-19 in the building, they were now liable for the spread of anything else. Within 24 hours, we were all informed that they would no longer demand to see our papers. Folks, that's how you fight back. That is how you fight back. Get a lawyer and get it done. That's how you fight back against these weasels and these creeps. Never, ever, I mean never, ever give up your health privacy. Never give up your Fourth Amendment. Okay, your Fourth Amendment is your right to privacy. These people don't have a right to sit there and demand to see your medical records and things like that. If you have AIDS or an STD, you don't have to disclose that. It is against the law for them to require you to disclose your medical records. Now, that's why when my job said the thing, they were saying, oh, you can submit the the proof of vaccination to us and you, you don't have to wear a mask. I actually took a look at it. I went to the email and everything. I clicked the link and everything. 
And so you pretty much have to agree to give up your medical privacy. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's the thing. You can give up your right, but the government cannot force you to. But you can willingly do it. You can willingly give it up. Me, on the other hand, ain't gonna happen. So let's get into something a little bit uh, kind of disturbing here. So, you know, we know that when Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and all these vaccine companies, they were pushing these vaccines out to these companies. So they had to make agreements with these companies in order to, you know, agreements and treaties, not treaties, but agreements in order to get these vaccines to these countries, right? And so I actually have a screenshot of a leak here uh, from Pfizer's country contract. I don't know what country it's with, but it is in English, so I would assume it's for a a, uh, a an English-speaking country. Now, it says long-term effects and efficacy. Now, the Pfizer puts this in there. It says they say purchaser meaning purchaser acknowledges meaning the country that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccine are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known. Huh. How about that? It's kind of funny how Pfizer puts this stuff together and does it when in 2009, uh, Pfizer has actually fined $2.3 billion for an illegal marketing in an off-label drug case. And this comes from abcnews.com. You can go ahead and take a look at that. Pfizer got just slammed with fines for just being deceptive. You think that they changed? You think that they're all good now? You think that they care for your health now? No, no. They're just getting that money from the government. The government is just purchasing them and they don't care. I have more ridiculousness here. Okay, so Disclose TV puts this on, on Twitter. They tweeted us. It says, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says, new data shows what they call breakthrough cases of vaccinated individuals can have as much virus to shed and spread as an unvaccinated person, unquote. So pretty much they're saying there that vaccinated people can get the virus and spread it. So uh, that's nice. And it again begs the question, if, if vaccinated people can get the virus and spread it, what is the point of getting vaccinated? There must be an underlying agenda with these vaccines because they don't stop you from getting it. OK, they don't stop you from getting it. They don't stop you from spreading it. So what is the purpose? All right. Here, so I have something here as I was uh, scouring the Internet. Uh, the, the person who put this out says that the deep state explained their plans for worldwide genocide. Uh, as soon as 1981. So this quote here comes from Jacques Attali, who is a French Jewish shadow president of France, who was interviewed in 1981 by Michael Solomon. Now, uh, here's what uh, Jacques Attali, the shadow, he was a French Jewish shadow president. Here's what he says. He says, quote, in the future, it will be a question of finding a way to reduce the population. We will start with the old, then the weak, then the useless, and especially the stupid ones. We will get rid of them by making them believe it is for their own good. We will find something or cause it, a pandemic that's, that targets certain people, a virus that will affect the old or the fat. It doesn't matter. The weak will succumb to it. The fearful and the stupid will believe it and ask to be treated. We will have taken care to have planned the treatment, a treatment that will be the solution. The selection of idiots will thus be done. They will go to the slaughterhouse on their own. Huh. Sounds like what's going on today. And that was a long time ago. What, about 40 years ago to be exact? And trust me, people are seeing this because we're also seeing that there are protests in Greece. The Greeks 
are marching against the new normal here. All right, so I want to bring your attention to there is a, you know, this came from somebody's Instagram. I don't know who, but they actually posted a picture. Um, actually, the person who put it out on Instagram, uh, their name on Instagram is Uncle Carl Truth. It's one word. And so Moderna is actually referring to their mRNA vaccine as an operating system that is designed so that it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs. And this comes from, uh, if you look at ModernaTX.com slash mrna dash technologies you know you can look at this stuff okay so they're saying our operating system recognizing the broad potential of mrna science we set out to create an mrna technology platform that functions very much like excuse me very much like an operating system on a computer it is designed so that it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs in our in our case the program or app is our mrna drug the unique mrna sequence that codes for protein how about that all right and so moving on the assault on us continues so the department of justice is actually they actually declared the covid-19 vaccine mandates legal Right. So the DOJ concluded in an opinion that federal law doesn't prohibit public agencies and private businesses from requiring COVID vaccines under the FDA's emergency use authorization. The opinion, which noted that some excuse me, that which noted that some have questioned the legality of such mandates, concluded that federal law concerning the FDA's emergency use authorizations on COVID-19 vaccines made by Moderna, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson doesn't prohibit public or private entities from imposing vaccine requirements even when the only vaccines available are those authorized under EUH which is emergency use authorization so here we go they're coming I say bring it buddy I'm ready for you uh yeah so I just think that if if these if a lot of these stores like you know Target and Walmart if they start saying you need a vaccine in order to come into our into our store Amazon's going to laugh and have a field day. They're going to love it. And so that's why I don't think it'll happen. It could happen, but uh, I don't think it'll happen. But it could. You know, I, I've been wrong before. It, it could happen. It very well could happen. It's very likely that it could happen. But I just don't see it anytime soon because Amazon will completely bludgeon and blow these other companies out of the water. Amazon's going to be like, oh, let's, let's hire 20,000 new drivers. And so now the agenda, pretty much what the enemy is going to do, they're pretty much going to use vaccination status to divide the country, okay? So they're actually pushing the idea that the unvaccinated are the problem. And this is why the vaccinated need to wear a mask in because of the unvaccinated. This is what they're going to tell you. And it seems like they're trying to turn the vaccinated against the unvaccinated. Now, it's pretty much you're going to have a fight on your hands. It's it's uh, It could cause, this, this division could cause mass riots and civil war and things like that you know because you have a section of the population who does whatever the government tells them and you have another section of the population who does nothing the government tells them right and so jonathan excuse me jordan sather puts this out on telegram now they have he has screenshots of a bunch of different bot accounts on twitter and other um twitter and other social media platforms you know these are accounts that all have different names, but then different names, different Twitter handles, but they're all putting out the same exact tweet. It says, "I just left the ER. We are officially back to getting crushed by COVID-19. Delta variant is running rampant, and it's much more transmissible than the original virus. 99% of our ICU admits did not receive a vaccine." And this has been—he has like nine screenshots here, 
all had the same tweet, same grammar, bot accounts. Okay, no one puts their grammar exactly the same on Twitter because most the average Twitter user is is awful at grammar and syntax. They're terrible at it. Okay, I don't I don't think they can pass spelling tests really. Uh, now it just shows you. Now we know that the the enemy pretty much relaxed the mask mandates and things like that. So when the mask mandates were relaxed. And then they got put back into place again. So the reason they put them back into place again, they said, oh, the Delta variant is spreading. We're all going to die, right? So my thing here is that why did all the cases worldwide that they claim to have surged, why did all those surges happen at the same time? How come you didn't see a surge in a somewhere like, I don't know, Montana surge really high while another place was low or vice versa? But why did why, why were all the surges at the same time? Okay, that's not realistic. It's not realistic. If it was a realistic surge, it would have happened in different places at different times. When they would have had, when they would have lifted the mask mandates, you would have seen a surge immediately in some places and a surge later in some places. Not all at the same time. And that's that's the thing here. All right. So moving on, if you didn't know, former Congress, uh, you know, former Congresswoman uh, Barbara Boxer actually got mugged in. Uh, in Oakland in broad daylight the other day, right? Uh, Trump actually put out a statement on Telegram. It says, former California Senator Barbara Boxer was savagely assaulted and robbed yesterday in Oakland where they defunded the police. Our once great cities like New York, Detroit, San Francisco, and many others have become a paradise for criminals because of Democrats. We must give back power to our police or America will never be safe. We cannot let communist Democrats destroy our great cities. If we don't stop them, our communities and our country will be lost forever. Now it's kind of it's isn't that kind of funny how they put those laws into place in the Oakland, San Francisco, the Bay Area about you know stealing something less than nine hundred fifty bucks is pretty much a misdemeanor, uh, and then you get mugged. Okay, the same people who wanted these policies get mugged, and then all of a sudden it's a, it'll be a big deal. Okay, That's how these people work. All right, so I want to move on to election odds and things like that. So looking at Maryland. Now, Maryland, a voter, a voter integrity group in Maryland, actually, they actually found serious anomalies in four Maryland counties. So the Maryland voter integrity group found serious anomalies in four Maryland counties. According to their findings, the Democrat vote actually spiked between 34 to 37 percent in four targeted counties. This appears to have taken place without any measurable population growth, registration expansion or vote increase in either party it's just plain to see how this election was frauded okay number one you look because they were trying so hard to cover this up people like joe biden going to pennsylvania uh, merrick garland saying that they're going to scrutinize the election audits and uh secretary of state of arizona katie hobbs calling it a fraud it you know things like that brad raffensperger of georgia trying to stop the audit from going through you know saying that there was already audits of the bipartisan audits of the election and he somehow doesn't want to allow a third audit a forensic audit at that it's just absolutely crazy okay um maryland's actually gonna be on the states uh with fraudulent 2020 election resu results now okay and so the senate president of arizona uh who's her name is karen fan she calls on dominion voting systems and maricona maricopa county supervisors to produce materials or appear before the senate on august 2nd she actually subpoenaed them she said you are commanded to appear at the date 
time and place set for below. August 2nd, 2021, Arizona Senate, the Arizona Senate Capitol at 1700 West West Washington Street. And so Wendy Rogers, who is a, uh, a congresswoman for Arizona, she tweeted out and she's showing us that uh, Twitter actually susp- suspended the Arizona audit account as, where, as well as the audit war room account. And it's not just those. Many other audit accounts on Twitter have just been suspended. And from what I've seen, folks, this is the beginning of a communications blackout here. They don't want us to be able to to communicate with the people in Arizona. They don't want them to communicate with us about what's really going on here. And so they're, they're saying to follow them on Telegram and things like that. I actually, I actually already follow all these people on Telegram, so I... I can, I'll see, see what's going on and I'll update you, of course. Uh, it's just funny. Now, we know Twitter is pretty much doing the bidding of the federal government. Huh. So all these audit accounts got shut down when Joe Biden doesn't like the audits because he was saying it was free and a free and fair election, although he doesn't want to prove it. Merrick Garland is saying that he wants to scrutinize the results of all audits because it's harming, it'll harm black and brown voters. You know, that's what they use. They use black and brown voters every time. It's uh, ridiculous and pathetic, right? And so Twitter has been shutting down all these audit accounts. Huh. I wonder why. And then Twitter and Facebook were censoring people who talked bad about uh, the 2020 election results talking bad about people who uh, denigrate the COVID-19 pandemic and question the efficacy of the vaccines. Huh. It almost kind of seems like they agree with the government here, right? All right. And so I would like to thank you all for listening. And I will end with this. Well, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that God sent his wonderful son. I will end with this quote here by a gentleman by the name of Clarence Patriot on telegram here's what he says my fellow americans over the course of the next several days you will undoubtedly realize that we are taking back our great country from the evil tyrants that wish to do us harm and destroy the last remaining surge of shining light on potus's order we have initiated certain failsafes that shall safeguard the public from the primary fallout which is slated to occur on 11.3 upon the arrest announcement of mr podesta uh, confirmation to the public of what is occurring will then be revealed and will not be openly accepted. Public riots are being organized in serious numbers in an effort to prevent the arrest and capture of more senior public officials. On POTUS's order, a state of temporary military control will be actioned and special ops carried out. False leaks have been made to retain certain excuse me, made to retain several within the confines of the United States to prevent extradition and special operator necessity. Rest assured, the safety and well-being of every man, woman, and child of this country is being exhausted in full. However, the atmosphere within the country will unfortunately be divided as so many have fallen for the corrupt and evil narrative that has long been broadcast. We will be initiating the emergency broadcast system during this time in an effort to provide a direct message to all citizens and it avoids the fake news. Organizations and or people that wish to do us harm during this time will be met with swift fury. Certain laws have been pre-lifted to provide our great military than the necessary authority to handle and conduct these operations at home and abroad.